Love that. And this past week was pretty incredible. You saw the video. We saw, you saw all the volunteers that were plugged in that week. And one thing I love about VBS, not just one thing, there's many things, but um, is that every rotation that they went to, it supported the scripture that we were learning about that day. So if it was a, we were learning all about the parables. And so if they were learning about how to share God's love with others, every rotation that they went to, there was a piece to that for them to learn more about that. So I love the discipleship. But then, we had three kids give their lives to Christ this past week. Isn't that pretty incredible? Like, that, I don't know about you, but I will come listen to screaming kids set up church every day of the week for that to happen, right? And I love that, just to see what God is doing. And so, thank you so much for every person that gave uh, for VBS, every person that served, that has volunteered. Uh, you are making an eternal difference in the next generation. And so, um, that's just a, a big deal, and that's a big deal to us. Bridging the generations is something that's a core value for our church. And so, uh, that's why we take all the time and effort to have Bridge Kids every single week, also to do VBS as well. Um, well, if you're joining us for the first time, my name is Daniel Casanave. I'm the uh, pastor here at the Bridge Church. It's an honor and a privilege uh, to have this role and to be a part of the Low Country. And the past three weeks, actually, this is probably the longest break that I have ever taken here at the Bridge Church. Um, and trust me, it was not easy. You know, like you just start twitching a little bit. You're ready to, I'm ready to preach again. And so if I preach for three hours today, I'm just kidding, uh, you, you know what, uh, you know the, what the reason is. But uh, didn't you guys enjoy the guest speakers that came? They did an incredible, incredible job. Jason came in and preached, and uh, he always does an incredible job. And then to see our partners with FCA, Rob Jacobs, he came and preached uh, one week. And then also uh, Chris Comstock from Crossroads Church of Douglasville, who is our sending church. Uh, he came and preached with us as well. And so that was pretty incredible to see him. And to have him play a role in that. And uh, that partnership is going to continue. In fact, um, they, are, they are planning to come for our anniversary service in January. And then they want to be here next year for VBS as well. So they want to send a whole team down uh, to help with that. And so uh, we're going to keep that relationship alive and well. And that incredible network that we have together. So um, with all of that being said, I want to pray for us. But today we're going to be in John chapter 14. John chapter 14 is our main verse. Uh, it's kind of our base verse. We're going to have some supporting verses in there. We're going to look at verses 1 through 9. But before we get there, I want to pray for us, ask God just to speak to our hearts. And uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to dive into the God's Word. And I believe God's Word is so powerful. And it, it gives us strength. It gives us encouragement. And so we are in this series, as you can see, called Better Together. Better Together. And we're going to wrap that up this week because next week we're starting a brand new series called Holy Habits, holy habits. And today, uh, really, I felt the urge uh, for a while to preach this message. And uh, this is going to set up that entire series. And you'll see why here in just a few moments. But let me pray for us. Ask God to speak to our hearts. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We praise you. We are so thankful for your word, so thankful for your truth. Thank you for each and every person that's here today listening online. God, we are just so thankful to walk in community. Thank you for what you have done uh, this past week at VBS. God, how you have just softened hearts, how people and kids have received your word and how they grew closer to you, God. Thank you for the volunteers and the people that you continue to bring to the Bridge Church and just the, the community that we're seeing here in the low country, even, even outside of the Bridge Church, God, how you're moving 
and how you're working and how you're bringing people to your name and into a relationship with you, God. And I just pray that you speak to our hearts today. I pray that if we walked into this place carrying a heavy weight and burden, we can take these next few moments and lay them at your feet. We love you. God, I pray that I will decrease so that you may increase. We ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. Well, as I have been praying about this message, uh, John chapter 14, and these two words, these two themes kept coming to my mind, kept weighing heavy. When God begins to uh, lay something on my heart, especially for a message, uh, it's like I can't get it out of my mind. I can't, I can't stop thinking about it. It's like the Holy Spirit just keeps bringing it up, keeps pressing in. And the two words that I feel heavy uh, that this text in particular helps to answer is that when life feels one, overwhelming, and two, complex. Have you ever felt like life is just complicated or life is complex? And uh, I, I remember when Facebook first came out and they had the relationship status on there. And I don't know why anyone would ever select that little tab, but there was a tab that said it's complicated, right? Like, of course it's complicated if you put that on your status, right? But uh, they would have that on there. But a lot of times you, we can feel like life can be complicated, And just like uh, Jacob was saying, uh, life can oftentimes feel overwhelming as well. But I I think about that just life in general. But even I think if we're honest with each other, even in our relationship with God, when we're showing up to church or when we diving into the Bible and we're trying to learn more about God, sometimes that can feel overwhelming. Sometimes that can feel complex, right? Like you read something in scripture or you have a conversation with someone and you start talking about theology or truth or doctrine, right? And you're just like, wait a second, wait, 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 this, this is complex. Like, I'm not sure if I can, I'm fully grasping all of this, right? Like it can just feel complex, right? And sometimes all of that can feel overwhelming, Right? Like you, because we all, maybe you have a job that you attend and you got to go to your job and then you got the kids and get them to bed and get them ready and get them fed. And then it's like, I feel the pressure. I got to get into God's word. I got to spend time in prayer. Right? And all of a sudden it just feels like the weight just keeps adding on and on and on. And it can even feel overwhelming at times. Right? And we see some of that inside of our lives, inside of our hearts. And I began to think, for, for you and I, when we start to feel the weight, that overwhelming feeling, when we start to feel the complexity kick in, for you and I, that should be almost a red flag. It should be a moment for us to go, wait a second. I'm not sure that God has called us to live a life underneath that kind of weight, underneath that kind of complexity of going, you know what? I just don't know anything think about anything right like God wants to bring order and I believe God wants to bring clarity to your life and to my life as well so begin to think about this and because a lot of times when we feel overwhelmed there's a uh, kind of a meme type thing that's floating around and uh, they'll put some red flags on there right so for you and I there, there are some red flags whenever we feel that weight begin to come up inside of our lives anytime we feel the burden to get it all right all the time, right? Have you ever felt that burden? I know sometimes I do. Like, I got to have this right. I got I to gotta teach my kids this right. I got I to gotta say everything right every time I talk to someone. Like, I just have to I feel I have to be right all the time, right? Another red flag is, is that I am always right and everybody else 
is always wrong, right? Like that triggers something in us of going, wait a second, is that true? Like what's going on for me and you? Or maybe if I begin to think if I don't do this, everything is going to fall apart. Right, like everything in my world, everything hinges on me. And if I don't do this, it's all going to unravel, right? Like you felt that weight before, right? I, I know I felt that weight. And now all of a sudden I'm carrying that burden that I wasn't meant to carry. And then because of the overwhelming feeling, now I can start to carry some fear, right? Like I'm, I'm carrying this luggage or I'm carrying this baggage or I'm trying to navigate life going, it's so muddy and unclear. I don't even know where to go or what to do and I don't know what is next but I believe that you and I were not in uh, we're not in a silo with that kind of thinking we're not in a silo with this conversation in fact Jesus has this conversation very similar with his disciples it's pretty mind-blowing and it, I say this a lot so you guys are probably going to laugh especially if you tend to hear a lot but this is one of my favorite Pieces of scripture, I say it all the time. John chapter 14 is so good, um, and it brings so much clarity to our walk with God. And Jesus is having a conversation with his disciples. And in John chapter 13, to help set this up, uh, he starts to tell his disciples that, hey, I'm going to get ready to go. In fact, I'm going to leave. And so they start to feel the weight, this overwhelming feeling of, well, what are you going to do? Like, it's going to depend on me now? Like, I'm going to have to do what you're doing, Jesus, I, right? And it starts to get overwhelming. And then it start, they, they, their mind starts to get complex. Like, well, what do we do? How do we know what to do? How do I know what to say? Jesus, can you repeat everything that we just uh, talked about for the last three years? I didn't memorize enough, right? Like, I need to know this. And so Jesus has this conversation with them in John chapter 14. Is everybody okay? Very good. We only got two and a half hours to go. John chapter 14, verse 1, it says, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, I would have not have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you. When everything is ready, I will come to you and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. I love this. No, we don't know, Lord. Thomas said, we have no idea where you are going. So how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said, the Lord, Philip said Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Isn't this conversation great? Jesus has these followers. I just feel better when I read stories about the disciples, right? Like uh, they've been following Jesus, who is God, the Messiah, the promised one, the anointed one, the king of kings. They have been following him for a long time now, right? And Jesus says, when I go, I don't want you to be troubled. Like, in fact, I just want you to trust me. Trust that I have a plan. Trust my will. And then he goes on to say, you know the way that I'm going. And I love Thomas because everybody else is quiet. And Thomas is like, well, if nobody else is going to ask, I'm going to ask. Like, uh, Jesus, 
No, we don't know. We do not know the way, right? Like, have you ever been there before? You're trying to tell somebody something. You just spend all this time talking to them, and all of a sudden they're like, wait, 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 wait. What did you just say? Like, what, what does that mean? Did, like, could you imagine being Jesus, right? Like, you're, you just invested your entire life, and they're like, we, we still don't know, right? And Jesus goes, no, 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 I want you to know. Like, you're trying to make this complex. And he's like, you still don't know who I am? And then his, uh, another disciple, Philip, he chimes up and he says, hey, hey, if you will just show us God, just show us, show us the Father, give us some special revelation. If we had this special revelation, if we had this big vision, God, if we could just see it, like we would know, we, in fact, we would be satisfied. We would be good, Jesus. And Jesus goes, Philip, wait a second. Wait, wait a second, you, you're still asking like, I am it, right? And he gives us some truth here that I want us to, to hold on to. And the first one is that I want us to hold on to because I believe it sets everything up. It says, I have been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. I love this because Jesus is telling us and he's teaching us that he himself is God, right? We see the Trinity at work here where God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And that Jesus is God incarnate, God in the flesh. He is God. When you and I say, I wish, remember Moses in the Old Testament? He would always ask God. He, he just wanted to be in the presence of God. God, can I just see you? And God's like, you can't see me because you will die. Like, I'm too holy. Like, you can't be in my presence, right? But then God sent us his one and only son. He sent his son, Jesus. And Jesus tells us, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. So for you and I, as we're following God, and we may ask the question, what does God's character look like? We don't have to look any further. We can look to Jesus because Jesus lived out who God is. And when we read the scriptures, when we read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we see God in the flesh living in relationship with other humans on this earth. And so we can look to Jesus to gain clarity, right? And then he takes it a step further he says I know it's complex and I know it can feel overwhelming but but Thomas this is what I want you to know I want you to know that in everything you can wrap all of it up and know that I am the way and the truth and the life if you want to know how to get to heaven if you want to know how to walk with the people in your life if you want to know what the way is if you want to know what truth looks like in real life if you want to know what a fulfilling abundant life is then I, you don't have to look any further you can look to me and I love how Jesus takes this heavy overwhelming feeling of Thomas and Philip and his disciples and he goes let me just take all of that weight off and let me give you some clarity let me give you some hope let me show you that you can look to me and in Colossians we see this reiterated as the apostle Paul is writing to the church in Colossae and it says Christ is the visible image of the invisible God he existed before everything was created and is supreme over all creation 
Isn't that a beautiful picture of Christ? Of knowing that all of our trust can be in Jesus because he existed before anything was created and he is supreme over all of creation. He is the way, the truth, and the life. If we want to know which way we should live our lives, we look to Jesus who is the visible visible God, right? We can lean in and to trust in what God has for us. And then I love this. He says that I am the truth because that's a tricky word for 2022, right? Like, because right now truth, uh, the acceptable thing for truth is, is that your truth is your truth. The the way that you view life, the way that you interpret life, then that is your truth. And I must accept your truth, right? Because you came up with this truth. The only, no, I say only. The only thing that I struggle with that is I know myself. I know Daniel Kazanath. And I know how I live my life. And I know how often I fall short. I know how often I don't know the answers. I know how often I don't know the truth. I know how often I feel broken. I know how often, right? And you and I, we can spend five minutes at the DMV or in traffic, and we can look at humanity and go, oh, I hope, I hope that this is not what the truth is. I hope that we aren't the ones that determine the truth for the yesterday, today, and forever, right? Like, I just hope, and I love this verse in Colossians because it reminds us he is supreme over everything he is all-knowing he is all-powerful and he is saying I am the truth I'm giving you something to aim at I'm giving you toward something to walk towards and I love that God is 100% truth and 100% grace Because sometimes we can uh, go to one side or the other. We can be 100% grace, right? And we accept everything. Like, oh, it's just everything is acceptable. Everything is all good. But then we know there's also truth. Sometimes we need to be held accountable. Sometimes we need to be corrected. Sometimes we need to know what the right is and what the wrong is, right? And even in our walk with Christ, it can get complex because we can want to side on one side. Or the other, right? As Christians, we can go, oh, no, 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 that's okay. God loves you. You just, you be you. You do you, right? Or we can get all the way on the other side and go, wait a second. Let me get my notepad out. Flip that out. Let me, did you check all the boxes? Did you memorize this verse? Did you, how, how, when's the last time you read a full chapter in God's word? When's the last time you prayed? How long did you pray, right? Like all of a sudden we're over here in truth and we're keeping everybody accountable, right? And we're the, the truth police and we're, we're, we're sitting over here and God is going, you know what? I'm 100% grace and also 100% truth because we need both and we need all of those. And you and I are not sufficient enough because all we can do is 100% but Jesus who is the way the truth and the life can be 100% grace and 100% truth and we know that we can walk the way because Jesus is the way and I love that 100% grace 100% truth because it reminds me of my grandmother you know like my my grandmother was uh, she was raised in a generation where if you didn't do the right thing she will jack you up right like like you like you you don't play with grandma but If you get hurt or you skin your knee, whose lap do you want to be in, right? Like you want to be in her lap. And I love that beautiful picture of God. Because we can either take on the mindset of, oh, I messed up. 
my daddy is going to be so angry at me. Or I can say, I messed up. I need to go to my father because he is going to help me. He is going to guide me. He is going to direct me. And that's the picture of Jesus. Full of grace where we come to his feet and say, I messed up. I am broken. And he says, here, let me take your burden. Let me take that overwhelming feeling and let me give you direction. And then he goes, let me show you the right way. He doesn't excuse the mess, right? He doesn't say, just keep on going down that path of destruction. He goes, no, there's a better way. There's a way towards righteousness. And I'm giving you the Holy Spirit to help guide you in that, to guide you into all truth. And then he says, I am the life. And in John 10, 10, it's Jesus, he teaches and he says, the thief comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. And he says, I have come to give life and to give it abundantly. This fulfilling life. And I love that the, he doesn't say, I've come to give you a safe life. Right? I've come to give you an easy life. He doesn't say the things. He says, no, I've come to give you a fulfilling life. I've come to give you a mission. And that mission may not even be safe. It may not be easy. But I'm going to give you the strength. And in fact, I'm going to give you clarity on how to do it. I am actually even going to give you strength to accomplish that mission. I'm going to give you the words to say in my word. And I'm going to help you along the way, every step of the way. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I love this. And I'm chained to the scriptures. And I felt this in my bones right here because sometimes we can carry the weight that maybe um, the people in our lives are the way, the truth, and the life. Maybe we've put our kids in that spot of the way, the truth, and the life. Maybe we've put our political party as the way, the truth, and the life, right? Or maybe we've put other items, right, in our pathway of going, that's the way, the truth, the light. Whatever they say, that's what I'm going to do, right? But Jesus says there is only one who has that spot reserved. And his name is Jesus. And he is the way, the truth, and the life. And when I look to Jesus, he shows me how I interact with others. He shows me how I connect with the people. He shows me how to live a fulfilling life. Now, can all of those other things? things align with Jesus? Yes, sometimes they can, right? But sometimes they won't. And you and I have to choose Jesus because he is the only one who can truly take that burden. He is the only one who can truly show us the way. And he is the only one who can truly satisfy the one that we can really feel the void inside of our heart, inside of our lives. And I love this story because we, I think we see this played out in real life here in Mark chapter 10. Everybody still okay? Y'all didn't get mad at me there, did you? Sorry, I got to be your pastor. You know, we got, anyway, uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 17, it says this. I love this story. As Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running to him, knelt down and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. 
There is still one thing you haven't done, he told them. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor. And you will have a treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell and he went away sad for he had many possessions. We come to a conversation where the Bible doesn't give us this man's name, but he says he's rich and he's young, right? And he's a rich young ruler. So he has position, he has power. And in fact, he has money. He has all of these things carrying with him, but yet he still feels a void in his life, right? Like he, he still feels like I need the hope of eternal life. And this man, Jesus, who's been teaching, right? He's a good teacher. Let me go see if he knows the answer. So he comes to Jesus and he says, Hey, how do I, how do I get to eternal life? What must I do, right? And Jesus starts off and he starts listing out the commandments that we see in the Old Testament. And he's like, oh yeah, score done, right? I checked all those boxes off, right? And then Jesus, the Bible makes sure that this, this piece of scripture is in there. It says that Jesus showed genuine love for this man. You see, Jesus is all knowing. He knew that this man was going to choose his possessions over Jesus and walk away, right? Jesus knew this, but the Bible wanted you to know and for me to know that Jesus felt genuine love for this man who was going to walk away. How can you and I, we can never say, I don't know if God loves the world, right? It's just so broken. It's so sinful for God so Love the world, right? That he sent his one and only son. That he's trying to call everybody into relationship with him. And as he's talking to this man, he, he, he has this dilemma, right? He has this moment where he's going, you know what? I've checked all those boxes off. But Jesus goes, hey, in fact, I, you know all of that that you're holding on to? All those possessions, all these worldly things. And in fact, I, I'm sure it can feel overwhelming sometimes. I, I'm sure it can feel complex sometimes. But I want you to go. Sell all of that, and I have one request. What the clarity, right? The, the, the succinct measure that he has here with this man, and he says, I want you to come and follow me. I want you to pursue me, right? And the man, it says he walks away, his face fell because he had many possessions. And the problem is, is that all of his trust in his life were in those possessions, right? Jesus knew this because he knew the heart of man. And he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. He says, I want you to trust in me. And when we place our trust in anything else, right? And we place all of our hope, all of whatever that is, it'll fall short. And Jesus is saying, but if you trust in me I can show you a way of life I can show you when life gets overwhelming we know that this is not our home my trust can go back into Jesus right I know that when that falls short when my health falls short when my possessions fall short when all of that falls short I can hold on to Jesus because he will never fail he will sustain me. He can give me strength through it all. And as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. He promises us his presence and his guidance and all of his truth. And I love this for you and I. And I'm going to get ready to close here. Because what Jesus wants you and I to know is that Jesus is the prize. 
that you and I, whenever we feel like all of this is getting too complex, all of this is getting too overwhelming, and God, I just don't know what to do. We need to come back and say, you know what? Complexity needs clarity. I need to get back to Jesus, right? Like this is just, I'm not sure what to do. I need to go back to Jesus, and I want to encourage you. I'd like to lay out a challenge here. We're getting ready to go into a series called Holy Habits, right? And, uh, but we need to know this truth first. Because I, I'm kind of achievement oriented and I'm ready to check things off the box and like, yeah, look what we're doing. This is awesome, right? But I have to go back and go, wait a second. No, no. It's about a relationship with Jesus. The reason why you and I wake up and we want to read God's word, the reason why I have a desire to is because Jesus saved me. Because Jesus set me free. Because Jesus took my burden. And I want to know Jesus as much as I can. Because if I can get close to Jesus, he's going to show me more truth. He's going to show me more revelation. He's going to show me more satisfying ways to live. And this is what you and I have to remember, okay? And then I told you I was going to close and I promise I will. This is what you and I have to remember. Is one is God created you. He knows how you think. He knows the way your mind, your heart, your emotions work best. He knew you before you were in your mother's womb. Ephesians 2 sin, 210 two two says that you are God's masterpiece. And he has plans for you that he made long ago. How encouraging is that for you and I? God's going, I created you. I know you. I know how the human condition works. I know because I created you. And if you will trust me, right? And two, right? And he's given us, he's saying, I want to give you a life abundantly. I'm going to show you how to live life at its best. So when I say this is good and this is bad, this is not because I don't like you and I just want you to live a hard life. No, he's saying, I want you to live at your best, the way that you were created towards righteousness towards holiness if you want to feel that fulfilling life then you must trust me right and so I take the steps of holy habits because Jesus loved me because he set a sinful man free because I get to live forever with Jesus and nobody in this room or on this planet uh, Romans 8 says angels nor demons right can take that love from me that I am in the right hand of the Father. And that's the same truth for you. That we get to walk into that. So that drives my desire. I want to know my creator more. I want to know you. I want to spend more time just praying with him. Because God, you're going to help me experience the abundant life. You're going to help me walk in your ways. I'm going to get to know you more and more right now. I get to get this piece of heaven now as I discover your truth, right? And then he ends with this, and I just want to end with this, uh, the verse, how it starts in verse 1. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. And oftentimes when I start to feel that huge, overwhelming feeling, right? Like it's, I got to get this done. I got to make sure this is happening, right? I've taken my trust and I've put it on myself. Or I've taken my trust and I've put it on my career. Or I've taken my trust and I've put it on my expectation of what I believe my life should look like. 
right? Or I've taken my trust and I, I need to reposition my trust of going, you know what? Jesus, I'm following you. Your plan, your will be done, not my will, God. And I believe that you and I, we can live a life that God has called us to. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And I hope we walk out of this place with extreme clarity, with hope of knowing who we are following. And he gives us that same command, that same question. Hey, come follow me. Come here's some clarity. Come follow me. And I talked about a challenge earlier. I'd love for us, maybe if you're not currently, if, you, if you're dived into a plan, just, just keep doing that. But if you want to get dive into who Jesus is, I want to encourage you to go and read the book of John first. And then go back and read the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Read John first. And then go back. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And just see the things that Jesus teaches, the, thing, the way he interacts with others. Maybe you're writing in the margins or maybe you're not like a write in the Bible kind of person. Get your notepad and just write there on the notepad. And, oh, oh, Jesus said this. This is how he interacted with the religious person. This is how he acted with a sinful person. This is how he acted with his disciples, right? And we're just following Jesus because he's the way, the truth, and the life. And my favorite illustration about Scripture and the truth is it's like a lion, Right? We don't have, you can't contain a lion. We just need to let him free, right? To do his thing. The truth can stand on its own. That's why I direct everyone. We need to get to the scripture. We need to get close to Jesus because he is the way, the truth, and life. And he will guide us. He will direct us. And I can, I use it as a mirror, right? And I first start with me. And I'm using it as a mirror and go, oh, that, okay, Jesus. I, I see I need to change that in me because this is who you are. And I know that you are the way, the truth, and life. You're going to help me in this. So this is how I'm following you, God. I need the Holy Spirit to, to help me in this, to shape this in me, right? And now I start to reposition and shape my life into who God created me to be. And it's at that moment, those steps of faith, right? Because you're like, oh, I'm unsure, but those steps of faith will begin to experience God in the day-to-day -day moments, experience him experience that hope and that freedom that he has for you and I and so I'm going to pray for us as a church just pray for you and I and maybe for you uh, you're like Daniel you know what I, I've been uh, holding tightly to this area of my life and the reason I know this is because I'm completely overwhelmed about this thing and you want to lay that at Jesus feet I'm going to ask him to give me strength for this I'm going to ask him to give me wisdom in this and what I should do, the direction in this. And I want to give my trust to him that I'm going to pursue Jesus with everything that I have and allow him to pick up the pieces along the way. So let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We praise you. God, I pray that if uh, we feel that weight, God, I, as we read in your word, it says that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. God, I pray that we can lay those burdens at your feet. God, that you would give us strength, that you would give us rest, that you would show us the way, God, that you would show us the truth, God, and you would help shape our life into who you have called us to be. God, I pray that we will stand on your word, stand on your truth, God, and we trust you with everything that you have. God, we love you. We praise you. We ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Bridge Church Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about our church, you can simply visit our website at thebridgebluffton.com. Have a blessed day.